Hello again, everyone. I want to welcome you back to the podcast. Uh, today, I want to talk about a topic that is very much something that is dominating news right now, and also something that uh, covers both of the areas of philosophy and literature. Um, and the reason I say it's dominating the news right now is because every time you turn on the news, you see someone with a new one. Um, the topic I want to talk about is conspiracy theories. Um, I want to talk about why they're relevant and uh, why it's relevant to talk about them today is obviously uh, apparent because everything that happens, there's a group coming out saying it's a conspiracy by this group. It's a conspiracy by that group. Um, we've gotten to the point where doesn't matter what happens, it has to be a conspiracy caused by something. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about why that's not actually the case. Um, one of the things that conspiracy theories do is they build a narrative. Um, they create a worldview and they try to make it logically consistent with itself. And in order to do this, they'll also throw in little things that connect to the real world. Um, so there are some facts sprinkled in throughout this conspiracy theory. Uh, what happens, though, is the way that these are strung together and the narrative that is put together um, can make things seem like they're connected when they're not. Um, this example, an example of this is, uh, as far as what this would be called, this is what's known as faulty cause and effect. When you have one thing that happens and then another thing that happens in close proximity, there's often the mind making the connection that the first thing indeed caused the second thing. Uh, when the things may have no causal connection whatsoever. Just because one event happens before the other event does not mean they are connected. If you actually want to make the argument they're connected, you need to draw the lines in between. Now, conspiracy theories will try to do this. They'll try to draw these lines in between, but they often do it with distortions of facts or very large leaps. And one of the things that we talked about with cause and effect is while you can never prove 100% a cause and effect are connected to each other, um, you can make it so that the leap in between is not a very large leap. You can draw lots of connections between the two. Um, but these connections have to show actual uh, cause and effect relationship. Um, just because they happen at approximately the same time or one prior to the other doesn't mean that relationship is there. They could be something taken out of context, and this is often what happens in conspiracy theories. One thing will happen and it'll be taken out of context, and someone will say, aha, this proves that. Um, so there's a lot of use of faulty cause and effect when they're trying to build this narrative. And why do humans build narratives? Well, we build narratives because there's a lot of things in the world that seem to be random. Uh, and humans don't like things to be random. We like everything to be orderly, structured. We like to know what's coming. Um, knowing what's coming, even if it's something bad, is preferable to having no idea what's coming. And so humans have always kind of created these narratives. Um, in order to give us a little bit of a sense of uh, certainty, a little bit of a sense that everything isn't just left to the unknown. And so we've become very good at creating these narratives. Uh, writers do it for a living and do it professionally, um, but regular people do it with their lives too. 
You know, think about how many times you've sort of been looking for signs to tell you what to do, uh, to go this way or to go that way. Well, what you're doing is constructing a narrative of how you see the world, how you see the universe. And within that narrative, if certain things happen, then you should expect the result will be, uh, you know, a, a, another thing that you've been expecting. Or if certain things don't happen, you will assume, oh, I guess this is not going to happen. Uh, so we build these narratives. And again, this is something that is essential to get through daily life. If you woke up every morning and said, I have no idea what's going to happen to me today. I have no idea where my life is going. I have no idea, you know, if I'm even going to be alive by lunchtime. Uh, you would be too terrified to move. You'd be too terrified to do anything. And so you have to kind of create this narrative of where you think your day is going to go, where you think your week, your life, uh, all of these things are going to go. Now, these are narratives. These are constructions. You have no idea if this is true. Uh, could be that you die before lunch. It could be that you become a billionaire before lunch. Um, the world is full of random things that we don't foresee. And that's because there are so many variables, we cannot possibly factor them all in. But we can't live like that. So we have to construct a reality that we can live with. And as things happen that alter that, when we don't end up uh, becoming an astronaut like we thought we would when we were six, uh, we've been constructing other realities that make the life we've been living make sense. Well, conspiracy theories tend to do this on a much larger level. Um, they make it seem like there's some uh, shadowy overriding force that's controlling everything. Um, and again, even if this is a terrible force, this is much more comforting than thinking that nobody's in charge. Nobody's hand is on the wheel. This thing is just flying down the hill out of control. Uh, thinking like that will put you in a state of terror. And so for many people running to these conspiracy theories, even if they are terrifying, are preferable to that. It's preferable to think that some good or evil force is in charge of everything, that it has a plan, um, that it knows what it's doing. So a lot of this you're starting to see conspiracy theories off, also go off of the fallacy of fear. Um, you know, remember logical fallacies are something that manipulate you by your emotions. And a very powerful, you know, motivator is fear. Uh, fear will make you flee. Fear will make you do things you don't want to do. Uh, or fear may become so ex extreme that you kind of freeze up and can't do anything. But fear does become a motivator and is one of the motivators behind uh, conspiracy theories. Now, one of the... Uh, types of groups that use these the most are authoritarians. Now, if you think about uh, some of the lectures we did earlier talking about power, uh, authoritarian groups love conspiracy theories. Um, they love them because they keep the people afraid. They keep the people thinking there's this almost all-powerful enemy out there about to attack us at any moment, about to take away everything we have, about to destroy our way of life. And I'm the only one that can keep you safe from this. So authoritarians have always used this, whether they're on the right or the left. Um, both left-wing and right-wing authoritarians have used conspiracy theories. 
you know, for the right wing, it's always the communists or the socialists or the, um, you know, uh, different racial groups that have been demonized. The, the Nazis basically demonized everybody that wasn't uh, Aryan, uh, the Jews in particular, uh, but all other racial groups. They demonized uh, homosexuals. They demonized anyone that um, was different from what their ideal was. And this was done to kind of, as a conspiracy theory, to try to get unity. Because, you know, they're, what they were telling their followers is that if we don't, you know, stick together, uh, these groups are plotting together, they're plotting against us, there's an overall conspiracy, they're going to take over the world, they're going to take everything you have. Um, the capitalists are not immune to conspiracy theories e either, obviously. You know, the capitalists always had the communists or the socialists or uh, the the liberals or you know, the gays or the non-religious or, you know, all of these other groups that were just out there and behind the scenes and pulling the levers and controlling everything so that uh, they would bring about your ruin um, and their own uh, and their own success. And so there always has to be these conspiracy theories out there. Um, if you're an authoritarian, you always have to have some enemy that the enemy or that your people are more afraid of uh, that will override any of their ideas that they should resist anything you tell them to do. Um, because the authoritarian set it up as, I'm the only one that can protect you, and if you, you know, cross me, if you don't follow me blindly, then these other people that have this conspiracy uh, will be able to overthrow you and take over everything. Um, and you really see these conspiracy theories anytime you have a top-down system where most of the power is concentrated at the top. The more heavily the power is concentrated at the top, the more likely there are to be lots of conspiracy theories. Uh, one of the examples I often use for um, how conspiracy theories are foolish when you really look at them is imagine... For a moment, you're riding a bus, and you can see the driver of the bus operating the bus. And you notice when the driver pushes on the wheel by her right foot, uh, the bus moves faster, moves forward. The harder she pushes that lever down, the faster the bus moves. Well, then if she pushes the pedal on the floor by her left foot, uh, the bus slows down and stops. So now you have a conspiracy going on because these two pedals are working together. Uh, now you notice that when the driver turns the wheel to the left or to the right, the direction of the bus goes to the left or to the right. Well, now this is getting to be a really complex conspiracy between the gas pedal, the brake pedal, and the steering wheel. But when you look at it in that example, you realize that's pretty ridiculous. It's not a conspiracy. It's a machine, and it's operating the way it was designed to operate. Um, and it will design the way it's designed to operate until it breaks down or has an issue. Uh, systems, all systems are like that bus. They are a machine that is designed to operate in a certain way. Uh, what looks like a conspiracy is most of the time just the way things were set up to function. 
Um, you know, the, the idea that there's a conspiracy of certain groups. Yes, there are certain limited c conspiracies. There are even people that believe their own lies sometimes and think they're in control of things. But what they actually are is the, the movement of the system the way it was designed. Why do rich people stay rich generally, generation after generation? Um, people talk about the conspiracy of the rich. Well, somewhat there is a conspiracy. They do try to control things, but a lot of it has to do with their starting place. If you're born into wealthy families and you're going to the elite schools and your uh, families are connected to other wealthy families and other powerful families, uh, where do you think you're going to end up in the system? You're going to stay towards the top because even if you don't do as well, your family has enough connections, you have enough connections with powerful people that you can tend to make things go in your direction. Uh, same thing if you're at the bottom of the you know, power structure, the bottom of the economic structure. Um, it's not as much of a conspiracy as it is you don't have those opportunities. You didn't inherit a lot of wealth. You didn't go to school with people who were the sons of senators and presidents and um, CEOs and, and you know you're not making those types of connections. You're making the connections with other people that are in your group. <clears throat> so while it is a conspiracy sort of when the system is set up that this is going to be the group in power and this is the way power is going to be distributed. Once the system is set up, it's basically like the bus. It's running on its own. The people in charge are at the top, think they're in charge, but they're not. They're just pushing the buttons that were given to them, that were there for them. So the conspiracy theory has the benefit for the people at the top in that it always makes them look uh, much more in control than what they are. You know, the conspiracy theory is loved by the people in power because, uh, one, if the conspiracy is some other, then they become your only protector. Um, and the fact that they can protect you from this uh, kind of reinforces the idea that they're actually in power, they're actually controlling things, when they're actually just functioning within the system. Um, this sort of gives the illusion of competence when there is no competence there. Uh, when you really look into some of the behaviors, the success has nothing to do with any competence level. The success has to do with they had the right starting place with the right people around them to make the people make the things that they were trying for uh, possible. Now, are there people that rise up from below in the lower lower ranks? Of course, um, you know systems all have some amount of flexibility uh, built into them, or they break down quickly. But the heavily heavily top down systems are always going to be structured in a way that it looks like there's a conspiracy, much like the bus, um, but in actuality, this is just the way that things are set up. So does this mean we have to just say, okay, well, this is just the way it is? Uh, absolutely not, uh, because what has been done throughout history over and over again is when one system gets too top-heavy, it will eventually topple, and something else will be put up in its place. Now, the question that arises is what do we put in its place? Another system that's going to be top heavy or do we put in a system that is much more balanced? Um, and that's 
kind of a question that everybody should be talking about, everybody should be thinking about, um, because one of the things about conspiracy theories is they tend to make everybody think, you're too small for this, you can't think of these ideas. Uh, this, this has to be left to just the people at the top, uh, when in actuality, the system we live in affects everyone, and the system we live in should be determined uh, by everyone. Um, there should be input from all different levels of society. Okay, I'm going to cut off for there. Uh, I hope you all are doing well and staying safe, and I will talk to you again soon.